The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Sometimes a movie comes out that unexpectedly catches the public's imagination and causes a cultural shift. When Rhonda Byrne released the documentary The Secret in 2006, many people had never heard of the law of attraction. And when the movie and many of the participants were featured on Oprah, it became a phenomenon. The film presents the idea that the way we think and feel can attract certain events and experiences into our lives, from the perfect relationship to the perfect job. Now a new film has been released called The Secret Dare to Dream, starring Josh Lucas, Katie Holmes, and Jerry O'Connell, as well as a book that brings those concepts back to the forefront at a time when we really need it. And the movie is available for on-demand streaming right now on iTunes, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime, so I urge you to check it out. Josh Lucas joins me today to talk about the film, and you've seen him in such movies as Ford vs. Ferrari, Sweet Home Alabama, The Mystery of Laura TV series, A Beautiful Mind, and a lot more. I went to his IMDb page, and I just I lost count at, at that point. The film reunites Josh with his Sweet Home Alabama director, Andy Tennant, to tell the story of Miranda Wells, played by Katie Holmes, who's a young widow trying to make ends meet. She meets a mysterious man who holds an important secret that will change her life. It's a really sweet love story and has timeless messages of hope, compassion, and gratitude. And Josh Lucas joins me today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Very happy to be with you, Diane. Nice to be here. What drew you to the story? Were you familiar with the concepts of the law of attraction before this? You know, without a doubt, I knew the secret. I, I had seen the documentary and even read at least um, big chunks of the book, you know, years ago. Um, and then it's it's quite an interesting story. I have somebody I work with in my life uh, who is my business manager, but I have worked with her since I was 19 years old. And she's a pretty extraordinary woman and in many ways, one of, if not the most positive people I've ever met. Um, and she, I wouldn't necessarily say is a... a, a specific follower of the secret, but much more what she is, is she's someone who is a, a deep believer in prayer, a deep believer in, in, in positive thinking and in, in the law of attraction. And so what the way she goes about it in her life is that she will, the night before she goes to bed, lie in bed and think about somebody in her life, whether it's somebody directly that she works with or somebody that, you know, that she, she wants to work with or somebody that even in the public eye that she wants to pray for. Um, and she prays for them and she has these, you know, sort of very positive intentions that she's putting out into the world for that person. And she tries to choose a different person, you know, every night. And she says, sometimes dreams will come to her, thoughts will come to her in the morning when she wakes up about the person. And so what happened was in this case, she was praying for me about five years ago. And she woke up in the morning and she said, she immediately wrote me an email and said, you need to call Andy Tennant, the director of Sweet Home Alabama and just reconnect with him. And I said, why? And she said, I was praying for you last night and I had a very clear thought that he has something for you. And so I, I reached out to Andy and he immediately responded and said, you know, I have something for you. And I hadn't said that to him. I hadn't mentioned that in my, you know, my reaching out to him. I just was saying hello. 
um, and it is and was the secret. And so it was kind of a remarkable, I mean, exact moment of her secreting the secret. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, it was a bit of a long road to get to where we are now. But without a doubt, I, I believe in you know, whether it's the secret or whether it's prayer or whether it's meditation or, or what, whatever it is that you choose to keep your mind, you know, more in the world of the glass is half full than the glass is half empty. And it is a very hard thing to do these days more than ever. Um, and it takes an extraordinary amount of discipline and work to do it. And, um, but I, I have no doubt that it works for me and for the people in my life. And, you know, goes all the way back to pretty amazing story. I can tell you about my grandfather that way. So, no, that's interesting. You know, I was going to ask you if that was something that was instilled in you growing up. You know, some of these principles that maybe your parents had told you about. You know, visualize your goals or imagine your success. Was that something that they talked about? You know, I don't know. It's funny. I don't have memories of my parents being that way in particular, but I do my grandfather. My grandfather was a deeply religious man. He um, bluntly was raised very, very poor and remained, you know, financially, I would say, poor or strapped his whole life. He was a construction worker. He actually, I have a great connection to Bray, um, the character I play in this movie, because my grandfather put roofs on houses in Arkansas, um, you know, worked for one man his entire life, making basically maybe a little bit more than minimum wage. But that said, um, he was the most positive person I have ever encountered, including even Deborah. He was just somebody who he was deeply involved in his church. He was deeply involved in his community. He was a guy who like literally, you know, drive people around, um, who needed, didn't have a car. He was a guy who would go do gardening at people's houses. And I, I was always really struck by his nature because it was just so he was so good natured. I always wanted to be around him from as early as I could remember. Um, and he counseled the dying, um, for much of his life because he would go to people's houses and hold their hands and offer communion to them. And he was just, you know, someone who who was such a positive force. And I, I, I don't remember when it was exactly that I asked him, you know, why do you do this? What do you, what is it that you get out of it? He said, it makes me feel good. And it was just so simple. Like, and he had such a sparkle in his eye and, he he was a man who did not have the right based on the life that he had led and the things that had happened to him to have the sparkle in his eye that he had to his dying day. Um, and it was just a, a remarkable and constant reminder that I think about all the time. Um, and I do feel this movie and this character was my way of attempting to honor him. You know, we called him Bonko. <laughs> Bonko was <laughs> Bonko was and is still very beloved. And he really experienced the joy of service and of of giving back. And it's interesting, the correlation between that story and then your character, because that's one of the things that is highlighted in the movie is that the character of Bray Johnson lights things up and makes people feel good. Well, you know, it is it, it's an exact relationship to my grandfather and, and the people I know in my life who live that way, who they, they live... I wouldn't say it's selflessly, but I would say that th- their their ability to derive joy out of service, like you say, or out of giving back, and it comes from nothing other than it makes the person feel good. I can say that about Deborah, the person I first mentioned. I can say that about so many people in my life who follow that path, and they actually do it not out of wanting or expecting or even 
allowing someone to give back to them. It's like a constant paying it forward. And there's a really lovely moment in the movie, which I, again comes straight out of Rhonda Byrne's book and, and The Secret. And, you know, I think the thing that's special about The Secret and what Rhonda did is she takes all these great thinkers, whether they're, you know, modern day philosophers or, or spiritual leaders, or you have Einstein, you have Socrates, you have all these people who've asked this question about the law of attraction or the, or the power of positive thinking on the brain and even down to looking at MRIs and all these different things. But the words that this character speaks throughout the movie are entirely the words of those thinkers and those people that Rhonda collected for the book. Um, and there's this beautiful moment in the movie, which she, you know, she says, why are you helping us? And he says, because I can. Um, and it's, it's something that I just genuinely take away from my grandfather and the people in my life who do that, you know, ceaselessly. Right. Something so simple. There's no ulterior motive. You're just able to do it and, and you can, and people question that. Isn't that interesting? It's met with suspicion a lot of times. Well, because I think there are a lot of people in the world who do things um, with the anticipation that they will then be owed a favor or they will then get something back from it, you know, and, and I, I do think there's a big, a big delineation. You know, I, I think we have to ask this question in this conversation is the idea, you know, when does the power of positive thinking or the law of attraction actually um, become, how do I put this, self, you know, selfish and that or or self, I want to be clear in, in, in the way that I ask this question, because it's something I think is very important. I do believe the people who have the most, the most powerful lives that are filled with joy, they are genuinely doing it selflessly. They are genuinely giving back or involved in their community or, you know, deeply involved in nature, or there's some sense of it. They, they're not asking or expecting anything, anything back. Um, and I, I think that's a, a major factor here that, I, you know, I, I don't know how much the the secret itself discusses that in its science or in, in the books, but that I believe is the key of what I've seen is the, the difference between when it really works and when it doesn't. And it's, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not completely okay to wake up in the morning, you know, and manifest that you want a new car or a million dollars or, or whatever it may be, because I do know that there's you know, that, that, that work also works. Um, I think the part of the secret that I'm, I'm struck by is the idea of manifestation and the idea that when you think, when you, when you build what she calls, you know, these manifestation boards or these vision boards, and you know, you're, you surround yourself by the success that you want to have that you don't yet have visually. And then you, you know, you meditate on it you think of it all day long. I, I personally have seen that be very effective for people. Um, but I think what I'm saying is that there's a different level to that, which doesn't just isn't simply about your own um, uh, rewards. It's actually the the greater one. I think is the bigger one. Right, the benefit to the greater good. Really, how that kind of ripples out cool. and affects other people and and the people around you. And one of the first things that your character Bray Johnson tells Miranda is that you get what you expect, and kind of just. Uh, expanding a little bit on, on what you were just talking about, you know, you get what you expect. And so many people go through life just expecting the worst. And it, you know, if, if it's going to happen, the worst is going to happen. That's it. Then, then I deserve it. Um, you, you don't believe that, right? Well, without a doubt, but I also, I mean, I also, I mean, I, without a doubt, don't believe that I, what I do believe is that what you feed your brain, um, 
is is fuel, right? And so the more you fuel your brain that you, you you get what you expect, meaning if you expect bad things to happen, I, I do believe they continue to happen. Look, I've ba- I, ba- I battle with it on a daily basis. And honestly, everybody I know who is, you know, a deeply positive person who goes about their life, this is not, this is work. You know, it's work to make the choice to say, like, I'm going to feed myself positive energy. Um, and there's so many different ways that you can go about doing it. So I, I do, I really want to clarify that it's not, you know, and it's, it's something you can change too. And my sense is it's something you change incrementally, meaning you don't wake up in the morning and say like, I'm going to be a positive person for the rest of my life. What you do is you wake up in the morning and you say, I am going to think positively today or for this hour, or I'm going to wake up in the morning and surround myself by thinking, you know, it's very hard in today's day and age, particularly with social media and news where you're bombarded by intense negativity at at all times. And so it's the choice of saying, how do you, it's, I wouldn't say block it out, but how do you shift it so that you say, I'm going to continue to do this work. And I do think it's incremental. And I do know the people that, that, you know, really wake up in the morning and go to bed at night and throughout the day spend, whether it's two minutes or five minutes or 15 minutes, you know, deciding to pray, vision, manifest, think positive, whatever it may be that it's, it's powerful work that works particularly over, over long periods of time. But you're right. It does take establishing a habit. I mean, I, I try to do that as well, you know, for the first few minutes in the morning, just to either set an attention or have something that uh, I'm grateful for, even if I may not be feeling that particularly positive that day. Yeah. But the the more you practice it, it you know, it's like me- a meditation practice too. You just have to keep doing it and then it will become a habit. But I don't think it's it's natural for most people. I don't think it's natural for human beings at all. I think it's, <laughs> and, and it goes into the realm of the spiritual, right? It grows into the realm of, of the mystical. And, and look, I, I had this extraordinary conversation with my eight-year-old son the other day. We, we've had a tough summer like most parents have had. Um, because, you know, my son is an intensely social kid and wants to be playing with his friends. And he really has not been allowed to. And he, he, to an extent, is on lockdown. And he was very frustrated and very angry. And some things came up and he was talking about payback and about how he he believed in payback. And I was like, what do you mean exactly? I said, are you talking about vengeance? <laughs> you know. And it came from some TV show or some animated show that he was watching um, where you know the idea of revenge was important. And we had this incredible conversation where I said, Noah, I believe it's the exact opposite. I believe when people hurt you, the most powerful and beautiful thing you can possibly do is to send good energy to that person, to actually, you know, send good thoughts that their way. And it's, you know, it's antithetical to what a human being wants to do, but I do know, and I do sense that, you know, I can tell you, it goes back to the person we first mentioned, Deborah, she does it all the time. She will, if someone hurts her, she spends, you know, she, her prayers, those days become for that person. Um, and that's very evolved work to do, but I do, you know, it's a conversation that I'm definitely having with my little boy because what he sees particularly from, you know, m- you know, Marvel movies and superhero movies is that, you know, the, the sort of evil bad guy is the fun person and the person who, you know, wants payback is the person who gets revenge and it's, it's, there's something powerful there. And I am trying to have conversations and also make myself do the same thing really is truly what it comes down to. 
Right. That's a great lesson to instill at, at such a young age. And it, it reminds me, I don't know, have you heard of Dr. Wayne Dyer? Do you remember him? No, I'm, I'm definitely, it's ringing a bell, but I don't, I'm not, don't know specific work. No. He, he was a big teacher that I had worked with him for about eight years and he would practice that every day. He put a picture in his office of Rush Limbaugh, you know, mm. someone he really didn't like. Yeah. And he would, he would practice sending him love and he would tell me to, you know, use that tool and put pictures of of someone I really didn't like and try to send them love. So I have, I have tried to do that, but it it does get difficult sometimes. So I wanted to ask you about this statement. What do you think of this? All things happen for a reason. Do you think that's true? You know, I don't know about that. That gets into fate. It gets into very complicated things. What I do think all things happen, all things happen is what I think. And that then what the, what happens is the reason becomes how you react to it, right? So your the, the reason of the experience, because once something has happened, you then have the, the the choice and the ability to frame it as something, you know, destructive and negative or or possibly even positive. And I, I keep thinking at this point about, you know, Viktor Frankl's mind-blowing book that he wrote during the Holocaust, um, Man's Search for Meaning. And, you know, you, you go to these extraordinary, you know, the epic, the, the nadar of human horror, and you have this person came out of it with these incredibly powerful and positive thoughts. And, you know, Einstein talked about it. I mean, these extraordinary people, I again, go back to the person that I started this talk about Deborah and her, we, she, the first book she ever gave me was a book from the 1920s or 30s called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That book is entirely about manifesting money. But if you change the idea of money and you change it to something else, whether it's happiness, joy, you know, health, whatever it may be, I do think the challenge becomes that no matter what, the older we get, the more really difficult things happen. It's funny, today I had a phone call from somebody who I care about in my life, but oftentimes this person has given me um, negative news. And immediately when he called, I was like, oh no, what is this call about to be? Um, and it turned out to be nothing other than just a, hey, how you doing? Miss you, hope you're well. But my brain, I had to go to this point of like, well, why did your brain do that? And I said, well, in my brain, I was like, because so often when he has called, it has been something quite negative. Um, and so again, that's the work, right? So I I can't tell you <laughs> that I, I think all things happen for a reason as much as I think it is our... Um, need or ability to change when something happens. And look, I, I, I do know horrible things happen in the world. Um, so it's a, an intensely powerful and difficult work to do. Well, it's interesting to hear your answer on that, because I, I agree with you. I tend to think that we make reason for what happens and how we react to something, you know, will we'll change the outcome. Like I, I tend not to believe that things are kind of predetermined. You know, I think we do have free will and we will react to something or apply reason to something that happens. But some people will say, well, you know, that was meant to be, or that was supposed to happen. I'm like, well, I don't know. (laughs) Was it, was it really? And I question that a little bit. Um, So many great concepts and and lessons that come up in this movie. I mean, I really loved it. I I really enjoyed it. Um, One thing that was kind of a theme throughout was, you know, a lot of synchronicity and signs and do you look for those in your own life? Do you recognize those kind of things when they when they happen? 
I do. I, I, and I think part of it is, look, it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? So I think the idea that when you start to do this, um, however you, you do it, you know, like again, whether it's, I say meditation, prayer, whatever it may be, that those signs, they, they shift in your own head, right? So the idea that wonder um, can come easier because you're searching for it, right? If you're, again, the law of attraction, right? If you're searching for a good sign, it's easier to find a good sign or to find meaning in something like a feather on the road, right? A feather on the road, you could look at it both positively and negatively, right? So again, I, I think so much of it is that the essence of how your brain is deciding to go about its day and the more that you can search for the idea that the glass is half full than the glass is half empty. I mean, it truly is the, the, the sense that, you know, I, I, I can't tell you, I, I've fight for <laughs> to use a, a maybe negative word, but I fight for the good. I fight for the search for the good. I fight for the search for, for meaning and, 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 and signs that are the good signs. And like, even I've come to a funny thing in my life, like I find it very um, rare that a black cat crosses my path. And I've decided when a black cat crosses my path, it's a very good sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the exact opposite of what the, the, you know, the, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but um, tradition has told us. <laughs> right. The superstition of, of yeah. the black cat. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> I love cats. So I think they're all good. Any Anyone could cross my path. And, and I, I think animals it. as a whole, it's, you know, <laughs> yes. I'll tell you an amazing story that happened recently. I am in the process of building this um, home. My, you know, what I hope will be a lifelong home up in, in California on a mountaintop. And, um, I was at the gate, um, and I was getting out to open the gate and I looked up, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning and there was a huge black bear. I mean, when I say huge, this guy was probably, wow. if he was standing on his hind legs would be 10, 12 feet tall, which is incredibly rare for a bear that big. Grizzly is much more the size of a grizzly. And he stopped in his tracks and I stopped in my tracks and, and we just looked at each other. And I had this tingle in my soul of like, this is as good as it gets. This is like you, this is a sign of something absolutely beautiful and great and wonderful. And he then, you know, slowly kind of ambled off down the road. And I immediately called, you know, the neighbors and different people to tell them not out of to worry them, but to tell them. And, and everyone was pretty much for the most part, very excited because that bear, I didn't realize this had wandered that area for, you know, the last decade, but in the Thomas fire, the huge fire that swept through Ohio about two and a half years ago, he had disappeared and nobody had seen him since. So I was the first person to see him, which again, I felt like was some interesting sign because I was newly up on the mountain and I felt like it was a, it was a spiritual or, or a, a sign of something good. But there were a couple people I told in my life about it and they immediately were like, you need to move out of the, out, away from there immediately. That's dangerous. And my feeling was like, well, no, it's the exact opposite. You know, so it was just interesting those reactions that I felt people had. And it was interesting, even with the neighbors, the ones who were so like literally overjoyed that the bear had been seen and the ones who immediately were like, Ooh, that's scary. You know, and, th and that bear being up there, for, there's not a single incident on that mountain of a bear ever doing any damage to anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe oh, some I garbage cans, but <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought that was so cool. I would have grabbed my phone. I mean, how I, often I, do you see I, I a bear? A, I, took, I took immediately took a bunch of photos of him. It's pretty special. I'll actually, after we get off, I'll, I'll forward one by Skype to you. So, Oh, that's awesome. Pretty cool. So I wanted to ask you too, 
you know, we were talking about people that will immediately go to the negative, just like the people that were upset that the bear was there. Do you believe that we live in a friendly universe, even though things seem bleak right now? Do you think life wasn't meant to be a struggle, right? We, we should be in an abundant universe. I think there's enough for all, you know, I don't know. You know Is that Pollyanna <laughs> to think it's that? pretty clear that one of our greatest thinkers and scientists of all time, Albert Einstein, asked this exact question. And it, it, I, I absolutely believe that we do live in a friendly universe. That said, I think, again, it, it comes down to your brain tells you one or the other, right? There are people who believe you, we live in a friendly universe. Einstein really clearly talked about this. He wrote papers about it. Um, you can, you know, go back and look them up. And if you believe we, li- you live in a, we live in a friendly universe, um, things happen oftentimes a lot better for you. If you believe we live in an unfriendly universe, then it's, it's a harder road. Um, and I, you know, again, I choose to, believe the first one. And I choose to, I choose to, to do that work. And I, I just want to state, I can tell you there are periods in my life where I got beaten up and and had a hard time getting back to that feeling um, where I lost it for a while. So it, it can come and go the feeling, but again, it's part of the work, right? Right. No, I agree with you. I think it's, it's friendly, but also participatory, you know, what we're putting out there into without the universe. A, without a doubt. And look, it can, you know, the, I think the, one of the big questions these days about about inequality and wealth particularly. And I know some of the wealthiest people in the world who I know are some of the most unhappy. And I go I go back to my grandfather again who was genuinely a man who, you know, they cut coupons at the end of their life to to buy food and he was to his dying day a, a happy man. So I I can tell you I believe we have the abundance as a human species to take care of each other. And I believe, you know, we've made some huge mistakes in terms of how the world has organized itself with consumerism, particularly. And and I think the internet's a hugely um, challenging tool um, that we're still out of control with, but uh, these things that are still in play, I hope that as we grow and change that, that, you know, as a humanity, I hope we evolve for the better. Um, and I think it's a constant, you know, crisis and, and, and search and war within human existence, right? And I, I do think there's times where good wins and there's times where bad wins. And, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, and for each of us, it's our own individual journey, right? Absolutely. Josh, it's been so great to talk with you and share some of these ideas. And I really hope that people get out and see this movie. I think it's something that we really need right now, you know, collectively to kind of uh, move us forward. You know, this too shall pass, right? Yeah, what, what we're experiencing right now. Um, the um, Secret Dare to Dream, starring Josh Lucas, Katie Holmes, and Jerry O'Connell, out right now, available on demand, streaming on iTunes, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime. And Josh Lucas, thank you so much for joining me today. Diane, very happily. I'm going to email you a photo of this bear right now. (laughs) We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me for a special Law of Attraction show. 
And I hope you were able to tune in for the previous segment with my interview with Josh Lucas, one of the stars of the new movie, The Secret Dare to Dream, along with Katie Holmes and Jerry O'Connell. And I don't know if you remember when the first movie came out, like way back in 2006, many people had never heard of the law of attraction or that they had the power to create their own reality with the thoughts they think. And like I was talking about with Josh in the previous segment, you know, in this new film, The Secret Dare to Dream brings those concepts back to the forefront at a time when we really need it. So I do hope you get a chance to check out the movie. I thought it was a great love story. And you can stream it now on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, and iTunes. And to keep the conversation going, I wanted to invite an expert in the teachings of the law of attraction to go a little deeper into some of these concept, concepts. So I called my friend Ray Zander, and she has been steeped in these teachings for years. And her popular podcast that was formerly known as Everyday Attraction here on Unity Online Radio has now rebranded itself. And it is the last self-help podcast. And you can find current episodes right now in the on-demand section of unityonlineradio.org and also on all podcast platforms. So I hope you do check that out and welcome Ray to the show. I'm so glad you could join me. Thank you so much. It's so fun to connect with you. And as you say, kind of go deeper on some of these topics. And I enjoyed the movie. I thought there was a lot of, of wonderful things that we could tease out. Uh, I think there's a lot of misinformation and you know misperception about what the law of attraction is. So it'll be fun to sort of ground it a little bit and, and make it a little less mysterious. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I, I did like with the movie how they kind of showed it in, in a real life way, I guess. It, it was you know, a drama and a love story where the original secret was more of a documentary type of thing with different talking heads and different scholars and teachers talking about the law of attraction. But here you kind of see how it plays out in the characters in the movie, The Secret Dare to Dream. But I mean, you remember, right, when the first movie came out and just what a huge phenomenon it was where people were really kind of opening themselves up and opening their minds to the concept of Yes, you can change your life. You can affect it with the thoughts you think and, and your feelings and emotions. And I just was curious, you know, I've never asked you this, what kind of turned you on to, you know, the teachings of Abraham and Esther and Jerry Hicks and the, the law of attraction? How did you awaken to those ideas? Well, believe it or not, it was actually through science. Um, even though I was a spiritual person and had always believed in a higher power um, and an inner being, I started to study sort of armchair physics and was introduced to quantum theory and was blown away about the science of the law of attraction and how it really, even though it's it's been in spiritual uh, modalities for thousands of years, it, it really has come to the forefront in what we know is as modern quantum physics. And essentially, just to sort of break it down and not get too nerdy on this, but what we found through something called a double slit um, experiment, and it's been repeated over and over, is that perception or focus and expectation actually affect how the physical world shows up. And we know this because at the, at the end of the day, and I know this is unsettling, <laughs> is that everything is energy. There's actually nothing physical in the universe. Everything is a different level of vibration that shows up to our eyes and ears and our fingers and toes looking like solid matter. So that just blew my mind. And, you know, on the show, we talk a lot about the sort of 
cross between science and spirituality. And we do interview a lot of physicists and people who are steeped in the scientific community. And they're always kind of amazed that people don't talk about this more, that indeed how you perceive or expect or, or how we translate it into thoughts and emotions is actually physically affecting the energy around you showing up as uh, as physical experience. And so that just absolutely blew my mind. And I wanted to know nothing more than more information on how is it that I can impact what is showing up in my life. And studying, you know, Abraham through Esther Hicks is one of my primary go-to sources. Um, I think it's it's fascinating information for anyone who isn't familiar with them. Many of the folks who listen to, to Unity online radio are very familiar with them, but they've really broken it down into a very simple understanding that where you focus and where your thoughts are, um, you attract through energy, similar things. So if you're angry all the time, chances are you're going to have a lot of angry people around you. Um, if you are looking at the best possible circumstance, then you give yourself the benefit of the doubt. But but I do want to highlight, this is not like Santa Claus in the sky. This is not where I simply you know focus on a red Ferrari and it shows up in my driveway, which is kind of what happened when The Secret first came out was there was just a lot of blowback, I think, to, oh, this is just fantasy thinking and what about suffering and what about, you know, things that happen and go terribly wrong? Can we actually blame that on on the person? And and so that part of it, I think, gave the law of attraction a, a lot of a noise that was sort of stopping the idea that this is actually a really powerful tool set. You know, we got distracted a bit on, right. on the fantasy part of it. <laughs> no, that's so true. Because it's interesting now looking back, you know, the movie, what, 2006, how long, how long ago is that? I mean, <laughs> that years ago now. Right? It seems years. like forever, <laughs> you know, decades. But the law of attraction did kind of take a beating. And I think there was a lot of misconception in what it, it actually is, and how it works. So I, I like that we're able to talk about it, we can dig a little deeper into that. In yeah. some of the misconceptions, you know, that people had that, oh, if I just think about this, I'll get a new car or, oh, if I think about this, I'll, I'll get something. And it, of course, obviously doesn't work that instantaneous. I mean, it's not like bewitched where, you know, she'd twitch her nose and something would happen. Right. And what we're really talking about is how do we create as human beings on the physical plane? And, you know, we're mostly spiritual beings having a physical experience. That's not something that's new to most of our listeners. Um, but what we're realizing, too, is that it's not a perfect science because, yes, you can clean up your thoughts, clean up your emotions, and you can really uh, avoid a lot of trouble. Right. If you can really get clear and a lot of the emotional work and, and thought work can really supercharge you to be, be aligning with the most positive outcomes. However, beyond just cleaning up, quote unquote, your vibration, um, Contrast is a good thing. It serves us. Things that go terribly wrong oftentimes uh, are actually things that help us grow and expand. And we really can't judge what is happening to another human being and whether or not that's a good thing or bad thing. I mean, if you look what's happening to us on a global scale, there's a lot of real suffering and challenges. But what's coming out of that may very well be the brightest future we could imagine where we're seeing new education, new 
tools, new medicines, new technology. And it has come out of a horrible dark contrast called, you know, this pandemic. So part of the law of attraction is really to, again, clean up your vibration and be in the best position to attract what you want, but also not to beat up on yourself when things do go terribly wrong. (laughs) It's part of the human experience. Um, And, you know, things will continue to be contrasty, as our friends Abraham like to say, until we're in non-physical, until we make our transition. So I often say get comfortable with the contrast because it's serving you. When things are not exactly what you want, there's opportunities to get into, well, what is it that I do want? What is the clarity? Um, And how do I align with what I'm visioning more consistently before it manifests in the physical? And also, what am I learning from this contrast that can help me expand as an individual, more compassion, more understanding, um, just expanding as, as spiritual beings? And being able to get in that space of when you do hit up against that contrast, which you will, like you said, you know, inevitably, it's part of the human experience, where you can not fight it so hard, right? Because I think we, or most of us, hate change. And of course, we're going to fight against it because it's uncomfortable or painful, when we could really be maybe taking a step back and saying, well, what can I learn from this? How can I better better handle this situation rather than just full-on resistance? Exactly. I mean, look at every great invention we've ever seen on the planet. It always came from contrast, right? Like the automobile came out of people who, I mean, there was a joke that, you know, Ford really hated horses. (laughs) And so he really hated having to ride horses. He was really determined to build the automobile because of the contrast that he felt in the way that we were, you know, uh, being transported. So really, when you look at expansion, it always comes from something we don't want. And then we shoot off a rocket of desire, which is straight out of Abraham's playbook um, (laughs) of what we, what we do want. And then the idea of a conscious creator, and many of us who are attracted to unity teachings are conscious creators. Our job now is to focus in on what's wanted, to bring the vibrational attention to that which is wanted. And therefore, we can, from the quantum physics perspective, begin to get ideas, breakthroughs, intuitions on the solution side of what we asked for. So as conscious creators and as people who are involved, in in this kind of work, we actually can tap into our God side and really see, oh, what we want is peace. What we want is clean water. What we want is fill in the blank. And now how can I attune to the non-physical where all answers are available um, so that I can start to get intuitive hits about what it is that I'm here to do? Because it's all very individualized. You know, we are here individually to be expressions of source energy, to be expressions of the infinite consciousness. So when we have contrast and we get clarity on what we do want, I think it was shown a little bit in the movie where, you know, I think Josh had said at one point his character, well, don't focus on what you don't want. Focus on what it is that you do want. And I think oftentimes that's sort of a revelation for folks because they spend a lot of time beating the drum of what they don't want. Right? Right. So true. And I try to catch myself (laughs) when I do that, you know, but I'm still, I'm still learning. And I wanted to also talk about it. It's also your, how you feel, right? Your emotion. I mean, that does have power too, in addition to the actual, you know, your thought it's, it's your intention, right? 
Well, this has come back to the science again. I mean, again, everything is vibration. Everything is energy. We have to go back to that premise. And what we've seen, and it's been tested over and over again, that thoughts have energy, but emotions have even more energy. So even though you can think a thought when you feel an emotion, it's been tested that, again, your vibration of that emotion is actually emitting a a stronger signal. So we often look to emotions as our guides more so than, yeah, try to try to control your thoughts. I mean, the mind is a mechanism that is set here to think, 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 think. And that's a beautiful thing. We don't want to turn off our minds. But what we can do is when we can look at our emotions and really see the vibration that we're hanging out in, that starts to be an opportunity for us to take it home and see, you know, where am I feeling? One of the most profound um, opportunities to look at what that, that sort of out pictures is through the emotional scale that Abraham talks about in their work at abraham-hicks.com. They talk about the emotional scale where when you are happy and when you are positive and when you are hopeful, you're a much different vibration than you are when you're in powerlessness, depression, sadness. So it really is very effective to watch your emotions and say to yourself, not artificially, how can I feel happy? You know, you don't want to put a happy stick happy face sticker on an empty gas tank. You want to say, how can I authentically feel better so that I can be a higher match to what's coming and what's available to me? Because everything starts in the non-physical. It comes through the non-physical to the physical, and then we experience it. So I always say, go back to the easy bake oven, go back to the recipe of where you want to vibrate and then allow source energy to work with you in manifestation. So emotions are a great way to kind of bring this down to the realness um, because trying to control your thoughts is kind of a, a very difficult task, but you can, which is why meditation is so fabulous because what we know from meditation is that you come back to kind of a ground zero where you're available. You aren't on the low end of the emotional scale. You're kind of making yourself available to source energy and releasing any resistance as we know it as negative emotion or negative thoughts that makes us more available to inspiration, to source energy. This is how we create on this planet. Um, Even Einstein said the solution to every problem doesn't exist at the problems level. It exists in a different consciousness. And so we need to do whatever we can do emotionally and thought-based to reach that higher consciousness. So meditation, um, mantras, uh, anything that is authentic to your ability to change is actually affecting not only your life, but the life of the planet. Right. And that's what's so important to realize is how you're actually affecting your friends, your family, like you said, the people around us, the planet, you know, it just like the waves ripple on and on. And it just made me laugh when you're talking about meditation. And I'm just thinking of my my journey, which still continues in in learning and and studying meditation. That's why they call it a practice, right? You have to practice (laughs) or you're not going to really get good and master. And I just remember when I first started learning meditation, trying to think that I could control my thoughts and stop thinking, you know, well, you know, it didn't work. And I, I would try to meditate and I would, I would fail and just, it wouldn't happen. I finally, I was working with a teacher I had met through Hay House named David G and, He's like, look, if you if you stop thinking, you're dead. You know, there's there's just no way. 
And it's just, just so funny how I thought it had to be such a controlled thing. And it, you know, and it's really not because you can't, you can't stop your thoughts. But what but, happens with the emotions is that what's interesting is that when you start to see, well, what is my feeling tone? Where am I, you know, how am I feeling? And if I can shift how I feel and you think, oh, you can't artificially do that, but you can, you can now focus your thoughts on better feeling thoughts, better feeling ideas, better feeling um, experiences from the past or envisioning the future. And you will see that your emotions and your vibration raises. And that's like, that's down and dirty law of attraction work. I mean, it doesn't, it's not really terribly sexy. It's not like twinkle your nose and (laughs) everything appears. It's real work. It's work on being able to be um, at home in your body and in your mind and being able to look at a circumstance and be available to other ways to perceive it. And again, this is co-creation at its best. This is leading edge kind of stuff. Um, And those of us who are attracted to this work, and not everybody is, and not everyone should be. um, It's not something you want to force on people. It's, It's something you come to in your own spiritual, you know, journey, where you start to see how can I be an asset to my own life, to my family, my friends, and to my larger community and the planet. And it allows that sort of quiet mind that gets below the fray and the concern and the worry and the doubt and the fear. And when we come home to ourselves, we're amazed at the kind of inspirations and information we get and the pivoting. And it's very personal where we get intuitions to go here, go there. And that's where the law of attraction really picks up because when we get intuitive hits and we get an idea of like, go here, go there, and then we meet someone we shouldn't have met or we bump into a situation where like, oh, now I know what I want to do with my life or, oh, it's just so amazing the synchronicities that happen when you make yourself available to the universe. And don't take my word for it. Don't take Diane's word for it. Test it out for yourself. And I think it's an amazing experience when you start to see, if you start with stuff that maybe doesn't have a a big emotional pull, something sort of basic. Um, Abraham talks about, you know, butterflies or blue grass (laughs) or blue glass. You know, think of something simple and just continue to focus on it and feel, you know, feelings about it and watch how it doesn't show up in your life. It's crazy. And once you start to get a feel for it, you get kind of addicted to the idea that, wow, I want to play with the universe. I want to play with the physical form. And I, and again, I don't want to freak out when things don't turn out the way that I want, because maybe there's a, another opportunity or something coming through the contrast that will help my expansion and get me to where I want to go anyway. So it's, it's quite an extraordinary journey. It really is. It's so fascinating. And, and like you said, it is fun. You know, you can do all these kind of cool experiments with yourself and start paying attention to those intuitive hits. And really, I think for me, just over the years, as I've, you know, explored more and, and done more reading and just, it's kind of not really changed, but maybe shifted a little bit and given me what, what I think is a closer relationship with with spirit, or if you want to call it God, like the way I see it now is that it really is everywhere. And that energy permeates everything and is available to everyone, no matter what, you you know, you, you can let go of the old dogma that you were brought up with, that you're a bad person and a horrible sinner and all those things, at least that, that I was told, you know, in, in all older traditions, it, it just really kind of made, it made it a friendlier universe, I guess, more loving to know that that force is always out there. 
Well, it's it's really a philosophy that, you know, we are mostly spiritual beings having a physical experience. And a lot of us, when we come to new thought and we come to, you know, this understanding, that's kind of the first thing we really realize. We're like, yeah, I've kind of always known that, that I was mostly spiritual and I was having this kind of physical experience. And that's what we talk a lot about on the podcast, the last self-help podcast, because really when you realize that the majority of your consciousness is non-physical and you've got this inner being or inner beings that are working with you, all the answers live inside you. And I think we've become, and I was, you know, an absolute uh, victim of this. I was a self-help junkie. I was constantly looking outside of myself, maybe this book, maybe this seminar, maybe, you know, this philosophy. And what I came home to through the law of attraction is that everything I need to know lives within me. If I can get below the surface, get below the splashing, my answers for my life live within me. And so the reason it's the last self-help podcast is because you don't need to nest. You can be inspired by people outside of you. Sure, that's fabulous. But when you really come home to yourself, your inner being is so ready to show you exactly what's yours to have and the dreams and desires that you have been fostering. And to me, that's the most exciting part is that the answers live within me and I can, with this work, be on an extraordinary journey with my inner being, God, source, however you want to call it. And life just becomes so much more interesting, one, and more compassionate and loving and joyful to come from that broader perspective. So I think it's the e-ticket. It's the best, I think, ride uh, on the on, <laughs> on this particular <laughs> roller coaster. So I'm all in on this idea of connecting with this broader knowing and allowing it to, you know, be moving through me. I love that. And, you know, I'm old enough to remember e-tickets. Yeah, thank you for that. I realized that was that was a 70s reference. <laughs> we just outed ourselves, I'm afraid. We did, we did. But I knew, I knew exactly what you yeah. meant. I just wanted to ask you what, if you could share maybe an example of a little bit of magic or getting that intuitive hit and just knowing this was the right thing. And it was. Well, I think the one that comes to mind most recently is that I really wanted to live in a different place than we were living. And I spent a lot of time complaining about where we were. And I spent a lot of time focusing on what wasn't working. And using this practice, I started to use the contrast as like, okay, this is what I don't want. Well, what is on the other end of that stick? Here's is, here's what I do want. Again, this is classic Abraham. And I realized, well, I, I really wanted more open space. I wanted more land. And I live in California, so this felt like a pipe dream, right? Um, I wanted a, a bigger house with not a lot more money. This, But I didn't get into the practicality of it. I got into the feeling. What would it feel like to have more space? What would it feel like to have property? What would it feel like to have you know, the things that I'm wanting? And I just focused most of my time on that. And I didn't do a lot of hunting and looking for the space. And, you know, you don't want to do the work of spirit. You just want to make yourself available to the work of spirit. And through just the most crazy circumstances and the most, you know, kind of, you couldn't plan this stuff. Someone um, had shown me a, a property not too far from where we had lived and it was the perfect price. It was exactly what I wanted. It, it was like crazy. And I, and it came to me right? I didn't chase it. It came to me. And, you know, we're living here now and I, I just kind of walk around and I see this is how creation works. Um, 
we don't have to make the law of attraction work. It's like you don't make gravity work, but you do get an alignment with it. You do understand how it works. You're not going to jump off a building because you know gravity is going to have its way with you. And the same way with the law of attraction, you get in the space of having and seeing and feeling it done. And then you let the universe surprise and delight you. And, you know, that's not to say there isn't a lot of contrast in my life. There aren't other challenges and difficulties, but I understand that those two are serving me. And I try not to freak out about them. And I try to shift my perspective in trying to be open to what is next. And that's, and again, it's a great way to be on the planet, in my opinion. I love that. And I love that you shared that particular example, because I'm in that same situation where I'm here in Southern California. You know, we're kind of putting feelers out, looking around for something. And, you know, it gets daunting and, and disappointing when you really see what's out there and how much it costs. But I keep telling myself, okay, this or something better. And, you know, we see, we've seen a couple of properties. It's not right. And I'm, I'm really trying to use that, just like the, that exact example in guiding me to the next place where we land. So I know the right one will come and it may, it'll take as long as it takes. Let it guide you. Listen, listen to your, to your inner, inner ding that Louise Hay would call it her inner ding. Watch for those intuitive hits. I mean, we've been told, you know, oh, intuition, it's just, you know, it's just fancy. Don't really pay it. But intuition, that sort of like, I don't know why I want to go there, but I want to go there. Or I don't know why I want to call that person, but I want to call that person. You follow those breadcrumbs of intuition when you're in alignment. We talk about alignment and it's extraordinary, but faith and trust and all those kind of tenets of you know, the, the religion and faith that I grew up with come in real handy. Absolutely. And I hope people explore some of these concepts and try it out for yourself in your own life. You know, uh, give the film a try, The Secret Dare to Dream. Also go back and check out the original one, The Secret. I mean, I've gone back and watched it, you know, a few times and I always pick up something new and it's just really fascinating stuff that you can put into practice in your life right now. So thank you so much, Ray. And I want to remind people to check out your podcast and find you out there, The Last Self-Help Podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, as well as here on Unity Online Radio. And thanks for joining me. My pleasure. It was great fun to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.